0: Thanks again for watching or listening. We're on VIP Boxing's Bell-to-Bell Podcast 104. Um, as always, I beg of you to leave us a review, good or bad. We're not bothered. Ryan Oskins here. All three of us tonight got Ryan Um, I'm Steve Lillis, and you know me. You know John Evans. Tonight's special guest, um, I don't know, a British boxing don. That's all I like to describe him. Promoter, manager, trainer, matchmaker, former pro boxer, the only license I've said this before, he's never held is a matchmaker's license. Everyone um, will reckon, An well, MC's
1: license. I've M- got a matchmaker's license. Oh, an sorry, MC's. MC's that's the
0: one I meant to say. Sorry, you are a
1: matchmaker. It's um, John Peg. How are you, John? Yeah, all good mates. Uh, always good to come on and talk boxing with you guys. So looking forward to it. Yeah, always good to see you. And I know what.
0: What I think it's on round. Five tonight is a really good subject you come up with, something you're working on that people may have seen that's been well advertised. Um, But I know you're going to tell us all about it and get our opinions. Mr Evans, anything you want to ask John before we kick on? Off the top of my head. You just just called um, John Pegg then the don of British boxing. I think we lost him for a second.
2: He's gone, hasn't he? No, I'm impressed? back. I can hear you now. He's back. Yeah, you just called yeah, John he's... Begg the, the don of yeah. British boxing. Well, in New York, there's five dons, isn't there? There's five mafia dons that control all the, all the mafia business. Who would the other four top fellas be, John? If you're one of the dons, who would the other, four, the other four main
1: men in the boxing business be? Mate, I'm more Tom Hagen. I'm a consigliere. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish ideas into people's ears. Yeah. Are you the power behind the, the, power behind the throne? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a consiglier. If um, if we're talking about the grassroots, it would be Steve Woods, Carl Greer, yeah, Errol Johnson, Steve Goodwin down south, or he might be the bad guys who was trying to like get get him at the end of the film, and and Steffi Bull.
0: yeah, that would oh. be
1: the five. And I'm Tom Hagen in the background whispering ideas and causing trouble. <laughs> yeah, I'll
0: tell, you, tell you what you did name all grafters there,
1: all absolute grafters,
0: you know, and people like Woody. I, I, look, you know, I do a lot for working with Woody, but I still think how he keeps his engineering business going, doubles up the boxing. I just think it's crazy, but there you go. It's a, it's a drug, this sport, and a number of people say, oh, I'll just do this now because it's a job, but they still
1: can't let go. Now I do it because... It's better than working, basically. Yeah. It's either that, or I'll get a real job, and I've got no hope for that in my time of life. So, I'll just keep doing this, and I enjoy doing it.
0: <laughs> well, i tell you what, we'll kick on with a pod now. And, um Johnny you... John Evans, you got your clock and everything ready? Yeah, all ready. Yeah, I'm going to kick us off this week. And um, I've been thinking yesterday... I was watching the football yesterday, and I was thinking of Adam Azim. Virtually every... Interval during the football on Sky at halftime of Tottenham Man City, one of their prestige games of the season. Adam Azim was getting thrown down us. Now, I don't know how fair or unfair this hype is on a 20-year-old lad who's basically an a term professional, I think, 2020. It's only been the last year he's been really busy because we had COVID and stuff. And I'm just wondering, is it a bit unfair putting this sort of pressure on a young lad who's like that Um, you know I remember when he turned professional and Sky were really cranking it up being a world champion I'm, I'm not sure that pressure's good because he's done nothing wrong he's been fantastic in everything he's done in the ring so far but that always encourages jealousy and because of the way he's getting hyped I fear there'll be people wanting him to fall on his face who don't even know him
1: yeah I agree Um, but Part of being the big... If you you say to a boxer, do you want to be the big name on everybody's lips? Do you want everyone talking about you? Do you want to earn the big money? Unfortunately, part of the job is being judged very highly, very harshly, and having everyone talking about you. And if you said to a boxer, do you want to earn five times as much as your counterparts? He would say yes, no matter what kind of hurdles you put in the way. So it comes with the job, I think. But you're right, it is tricky. And when it goes wrong... Everyone's there ready to tell you it's gone wrong. Yeah. Do, does it,
2: does it in, does in the pressure and attention and the praise make it likely that it goes wrong sooner? Because it takes away a little bit of a leeway for learning fights, doesn't it? Because he's so much hype, people want to see him tested yeah. against bigger names quicker and quicker. Does that mean that oh, there is a chance of a big upset quicker than there ordinarily would be if he was just being
1: brought along normally? Yes, and not just that, there's also a ch- uh, chance for a big upset because he's trying to live up to this hype. Yeah. He's trying to tech guys out around quicker than world champions have. He's trying to do things better than somebody much more experienced has. And when you're taking risks to get bigger results, that's, what, that's why it's a bigger risk. Yeah. So if you're taking a bigger risk, there's a chance of going wrong. Yeah,
0: I, I get totally. The hype comes in. But what I was thinking, watching that yesterday, they're trying to attract football fans who, in all respects, and they're not boxing fans. They wouldn't know a fish from a left hook. And they're the people they were trying to appeal to during the adverts yesterday. Now, if he goes the distance with someone next week, and it might be the, most, the greatest 10 round learning fight he could have, they'll be saying it's a load of old rubbish, a lot of these people. And that—that's why I find that's why I find it unfair on the lad, a lad like that yeah, but was also, only twenty. Steve,
1: you can't—you can't worry about fans like that because if you blasted somebody really good at it, they'd say, "Oh, well, he was rubbish. It was too quick." they are there to moan. Let's be honest. You know, the good fans w- will accept it, what it is, and and realise it's learning. Fans who are just there to have a moan—they'll moan about whatever you do. So, yes. Yeah.
0: Round two, um, John, a topic you're going to get no disagreement on in here. Why is Liam Smith underrated? And I know you tipped him to win the other week.
1: Yeah, um, I didn't tip him to win how he won. That shocked me. But what it is, is are we finally going to stop underrating him? It's always been, you know, Liam Smith, oh, he he doesn't do anything great, but he gets the job done. Um, He's effective, but he's not spectacular. Do you know what people don't realise? What he does better than almost anyone in the country, he figures out a fight, he figures out a fight during a fight, and then puts something into play. Liam Smith has got one of the best boxing brains about, and he knows that. And he's so calm under pressure that it's you know people go, oh well, he's not super quick, he's not super talented, he's not super hard puncher. No, but there's a reason why he does everything right because he's got one of the best boxing brands. Bernard Hopkins never looked super spectacular, but he figured out what the other guy did and he figured out what he had to do to beat that and he beat them. And Liam Smith, so similar, he figures out what you do well, then he's got something in the locker that can beat it and he brings it out. And like, I think it's finally time for people to say, and I'm hoping from that win, people to say, oh, he's not just like a a good workman-like tough, like, fit, strong fighter, he's actually a class act. I was actually saying, as he was uh, as he was fighting Eubank, to who I was sitting with, Eubank is not getting enough rounds in the bank dominantly, because Liam Smith is figuring him out. I said, Eubank won't figure him out. I said, what Eubank's got is what we're seeing. I said, but every round Liam Smith fights you, he's breaking the, like, data down, and he's working out a formula to beat him. And, and, you know, that's what he's done. And I just think it's time that people says, you know that he's one of his biggest assets is his brain and his and his ring generalship. Forget the stuff you can see, the fast punching, the big punching, the flashiness. Forget that. What Liam Smith has got better than anyone else is a boxing brain and ring generalship. What do you guys think?
0: Oh, look, I'm not going to say much more. John backed me up on this. He's my favorite active British fighter. I've been a big fan of him for years. To think it was 11 years ago he became Commonwealth champion. He's gone abroad and you know. Mungia off You know what? Maybe apart from Golovkin and Danny Jacobs at middle and super welterweight, he gave Canelo maybe most to think about, although it was a comfortable win for Canelo. You won't find a word, a word against him here. He, he, he You know, and it, his desire, he's a proper bully, and I don't mean that in the nasty sense of the word. He, he just wants to get in there and bully you and hurt you. you. John, I can't, I won't go out against anything you're saying. He's my favourite active British fighter. Mr. Evans?
2: Yeah, we love him, don't we? Absolutely love him. Love the way he fights, love the way his attitude towards it, love the way he goes about it. Um, I don't know why he's never been more popular because he's what people want to see, isn't he? You know, he comes forward, he's got that high guard, he'll walk people down, he'll take risks in order order to land his own. And if you put him in an even fight, you know, if you put him in a well-matched fight, it's going to be exciting purely because of his style. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I just don't know. The last... However long Liam's got left, whether it's 18 months, two years, he looked as good as ever, didn't he, against Eubank? I just hope he's in some good fights. That spiteful personality gets a little bit more of a showcase because I think people like that. And, yeah, good luck for Liam. Let's hope he gets some money and gets some big fights now. But I, I've always enjoyed watching him. I remember being at Liverpool Olympia watching him fight Chiang years ago. Oh,
0: Eric Ochieng, yeah. I was, yeah.
2: There. I was yeah. there.
1: And that was a good, a good fight way back then. So he's not underwriting. Oh, uh-huh. not yeah, at all. Right, not
0: yeah. one bit. A, a, a lot of people underrate him. Don't worry, because they don't give him the credit he deserves. So he's underrated. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Round three, John, one of your um, bugbears, I think. About yeah. fight.
2: Oh, it's gone beyond a bugbear, this. I, I think Crawford and Spence. Ooh, two years ago, 18 months ago, was the fight. You know, it was the, the fight of... Maybe like 10, 15 years. It's two elite fighters, right at the perfect age, at the perfect weights. It would have been 50-50 down the middle who people thought would have won. I think it was a real super fight. Uh, Something that it would have drawn non-boxing fans in because the hype would have built and built and built. But they're fucked about for so long now. They've both gone over the hill age-wise. I think Spence, Crawford's coming up to 36, 37. Spence is talking about fighting Thurman up at 154. So we're going to have an even longer delay. Crawford's inactivity is going to come into play. Spence's car crashes are going to have told physically. And I just wonder if all the building it up and letting it grow and letting it marinate, rather than marinate, it's actually gone bad. Yeah. And I, I just think I've missed a massive window. Um, I'm starting to lose interest if it even happens. I'll watch it, but it won't have the same impact and same meaning as it would have done 18 months to two years ago.
0: I agree. I'm with a- the Pacquiao. Yeah. As that's the yes. one I was... Looped. That was six years too late. That should have happened around the time Pacquiao sparked Ricky and Mayweather fought Mark beat Marquez, around 2009, 2000. And that was six years too late. But, but
2: they they both had the profiles to mean it still meant something. It still mattered. These two should have fought two or three times by now and they would have become big.
0: It's just the inactivity of them. I mean, if they don't fight till next year now, you said... Sp- you Know he's going to be 37 next year, Crawford Spence to be 34. They're in activity so mad. I mean, I think he's had three fights in four years, Spence, and I think Crawford's had four fights since he beat Amir Khan. When was that 2018 2019? I mean, they make Gary Russell look active, Spence and Crawford.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know what? Their legacies all for free, and I think. The payday won't be as good as it could be no. either. So they'll suffer, you know. And what do you do? Oh, I, I don't know what you do. I, I don't know.
2: It just seems to be the, the thing, though, doesn't it? People are waiting until it's the very end of the career to take these risks in the big fights. You'll know, Johnny. I, I've always been of the opinion that the fighters want the of the fight not not to fight. It? It? Yeah.
1: When it's the end of the but career, yeah. it's not a risk anymore. They've got nothing to lose. That's why they're waiting until yeah. the end of the career. So it doesn't matter. That's a great yeah, point.
2: Yeah, I, I have always I've always been of the opinion and always believed in my heart that the fighters actually want to fight and it's other people stopping them happening. But you look at things like this, I'm I'm pretty sure Crawford and Spence could've have, could have insisted this happened.
1: Egos two big egos that really don't want to risk it and they can get by without it, and that's what's happened. We've <laughs> missed down a great point.
0: Round four. Um, great heavyweight fight. Um, juggernaut, Joe Joyce, as we call him, against Zilel Zhang, 15th of April. Um, I just think, is there any is there any heavyweight more and I'm, we talk about this a lot, but I just want to get John Pegg's opinion a lot on this, more deserving of a world title fight than Joe Joyce. Busy he 15, 16 and zero. He's been the distance once. Um, was that Bryant Jennings, I think, might have taken him the distance was out just thinking from the top of my head there and uh they, 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 but there still seems there'd be no big outcry that he, he, he should be the man that gets the world title fight if he was an american from new york with that record and f- of the same fighters on the cv as he has they, 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 he would be pushed to the high heavens i just think it's really unfortunate that he's having to go through another tough fight to get to this, it's all. I just worry now that by the time he gets to his world title, he will have peaked, and if he wins a world title,
1: he won't last long. Well, to be fair, uh, there's a couple of factors. Joe Joyce is not that way inclined as a talk trash talker yeah. to push himself into the scene. His promotion has got another heavyweight that is a lot younger and has already had money spent on him. So he's literally kind of pushed his way in and they're kind of like, oh, now we've got to do something with you. And, you know, you've got to think it's a business. They're looking and going, do we force out the 23-year-old in favour of the 37-year-old? We get three years' business out of the one guy, maybe 10 years' business out of the other guy. So it's it's kind of an awkward situation and Joyce isn't a big enough personality because he's just a, a total fighter to force himself in the way uh, and Nazim Hamed did and stuff like that. He's not that talker who gets himself into positions. He's trying to fight his way into a position. And there's a lot of barriers up there against him. And then at the end of it, which champion's going to want to go against the six foot six, super fit guy who can do backflips? So it's just a really bad combination. Is it? He's like he's kind of a who needs him club on his own. Yeah. yeah,
2: And I, George, Joyce might even be in the position where when he forces his way into a mandatory and it's his opportunity to fight for the mandatory, people are relinquishing belts to avoid fighting him and just carry on making super fights, aren't they? You know, I can't ever see... Fury might be the one, actually. Fury might be the one who takes the challenge, but I can never see an Usyk or something like that volunteering to fight Joe Joyce in a voluntary. It's just unfortunate. He might end up picking up a vacant belt and just still be in the same position where he's looking for that super fight. He might have a strap over his shoulder, but he's still having problems nailing down that big big fight where he could prove himself number one. Just a, a terrible timing for Joe, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I don't think no. anyone will volunteer to fight him. Yeah. No. I honestly don't think anyone will volunteer to fight him. Rock solid chin, huge work rate, six foot six. Who's gonna and he's thirty seven. So yeah. if they don't volunteer to fight him, they might get him when he's forty. They're quite happy to play the waiting game when someone's nearly forty. No one's yeah. volunteering to fight him. <laughs>
0: right, round five, John. This is something I want to really hear about your grassroots prize fight. tournament, top boxer that yourself and Tommy Owens are doing.
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, basically, as we chatted about last time I was on, about um, finding it hard to get opponents, and as you know, Steve, you're doing a bit of matchmaking, and it's a nightmare to get opponents. You've got boxing managers who are kind of holding promoters to ransom because they don't put shows on. They're charging whatever the fuck they want because you can't like ask them for that back because they've got no obligations to give it over the odds, trying to get lads to sell even more tickets in a hard environment. So we thought we applied to the board about doing a, an off-TV prize fighter. The board says as long as you follow the rules, you can. We contacted some managers We said we don't want the biggest ticket sellers. We just want people who can sell 50 or 60 tickets. I says it should give them a chance to boost their fans. We're going to do a press conference. We're going to do all sorts of stuff. The money's not bad for the winner. It's obviously not TV money, but it's eight grand the winner, four grand the runner-up. So these lads are usually earning five or six hundred quid. Their fans are getting bored because they're boxing journeymen. And fair play, eight unbeaten lads, only novice level. Let, none of them have had more than five fights. have all said, yeah, let's give it a go. Hopefully, our fans are going to be in for a treat. Where else on a small hall show do you see eight unbeaten kids, seven unbeaten records going in one night? And if it works, we're going to do it again? And I know Dan south already someone is doing yeah. something similar. Yeah. So could this be the way to force people to have proper fights and to stop people overcharging us so in the away corner?
0: Yes, I tell you what, before I even knew you was bringing up this subject, hand on heart, I was talking with James Russell this morning, and I was saying to him, this is what small all promoters have got to do. Not every week, but do one or two a year. And it gets these kids out. You've got a kid there, for example, in your one, Lee Canobiora, Scottish kid. Um, He's two and zero, and Ian Wilson just can't get him work. So, even it, you know, he's willing to put him on the road. I know people that have turned, I'm not going to start the name, are turning him down, the two and zero Scottish kid, you know, because he do not sell tickets. He's quite tough. You know, he's not a bad fighter, but he is he, you know, he's, he's what he is. But but by the fact, him going in your tournament, even if he loses and goes two and one, people will want to start fighting him. So, he, 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 you know he's, he's
1: a winner 20. all round. He's not a ticket seller, but because he's in this tournament with a bit of excitement, he sold nearly 30 ringsides from Scotland, a bigger fan base by taking a chance. There you go.
0: What's your opinion of it or John Evans?
2: I, I I love him. I like that thing Woody did last year where he had the, the four unbeaten guys in a little tournament over eight rounds, didn't he? he had two, two six-round semis and then an eight-rounder in the final. Yeah, got I, the I that one...
0: Yeah, you've got, and the finals yeah, on
1: where, March 18th. Uh, the Brazilian kid.
0: No, that was a couple years of years ago. The 18th, yeah. two
1: weeks away, it is.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah the finals he, in a couple of weeks, yeah. yeah John Keeley and Reese Wood. Reese Wood weren't meant
1: to win, went and beat Casey Brown. Yeah, it's good fights. Oh, no, I was thinking the one with Boris Crichton against um, the Brazilian. Yeah, kid um, from Diego Costa. Diego Costa, yeah, that absolute yeah, yeah. war, yeah, in Manchester. Brilliant fight that was as well. Yeah,
2: I love that. And the other thing it does, I remember speaking to this about Woody, there's a lot of lads who've who've turned over who like the idea of being a boxer but don't want to take a competitive fight. And when you offer them these, you get to see who's serious about it, John, don't you? You get to see who's ambitious, who really wants to test themselves, who's doing it for the proper reasons.
1: Well, I've got three lads in it that I manage and all three, regardless of the outcome, will be getting straight on another home show just because of the bollocks they've shown, you know what I mean? I want to work yeah. with these kids now. I want to push yeah. them forward because they've showed me the right ingredients, you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: That's brilliant. Well, all the best for that, John. I really hope it works and that you have another one this year. Um final...
1: tickets for sale, people. <laughs> where, where, where do they get their
0: tickets from? On Tommy's website? Tommy's website
1: Or contact me. I'll drop them off to him. I don't care. As long as they've got cash. Yep, cash. I haven't got a cash, cash machine on me.
0: <laughs> well, round six, over to you, John Evans. Final round. Yeah, I I, I seen a headline the other day, and Yesterday, disgusted by it. Um, for considering
2: made an offer of a made initial contact with Manny Pacquiao about fighting Conor Ben. Oh I it, it really pissed me off. Really pissed me off. You've got Ben who's still going through the drug cheat thing. You know, whatever reason he gives, he got found twice within three months with a woman's fertility drug, and he says whatever they're going to blame it on whether it's eggs or a contaminated test. There's been no explanation yet, and the thought of Ben fighting on a different license in somewhere like Saudi, like Saudi Arabia, against the near forty-five year old Manny Pacquiao, I, I just think that's a disgusting. A disgusting light to throw on boxing, That. I, I, what do you both think? I, I know it's a Money Talks, obviously. Pacquiao's a massive name. Ben's become one of the biggest names in British boxing, and that really overshadows everything these days. But using, using a, a legend of a sport who's way past his best, matching him with someone who
0: can't get a British licence because of drugs alle- allegations, I, I, I just think it's wrong. No, I... I, I, you know, I, I... I I get upset every time I see Conor Ben tweeting something about, you know, the innocence and all that. And Eddie saying this, you know, it it doesn't, it just doesn't do it for me. It's almost like we we can do what we want. You know, the WB has put us back in the rankings. We don't care about you, you and the British boxing border control. We'll just go and get a license somewhere and have these freakish fights. It, It just sickens me, but it's the, it's, it's just, what the sport is, the direction the sport's taking in so many ways, John.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? It's, um, if Pacquiao is going to have like, a, a kind of semi exhibition fight, why don't you re- reward someone closer to his age, who's close to retirement, who deserves a couple of million, who's had a great career reward, the next world champion, who's never really earned that much money. Don't give it to someone who don't re- deserve it. Do you know what I mean? And I, I don't think they do deserve it while all this is going on. I really don't.
0: Yeah. yeah. I just think all of it, there's just no respect for the sport being showed by a lot of people in this at all. Because, you know, even if the WBC put him back in their rankings, which people seem to think they're going to any day now, it doesn't mean you're cleared or you're not cleared. You know? Yeah. W- WBC are just
2: waiting for that slight crack in the door where they can push it open and get him back in the rankings because he's such a big name and a money draw. WBC aren't exactly the uh, moral guidance yeah. of a sport, are they? Yeah. But they might work. Who knows? Let's give him the benefit. Let's stretch the benefit of it out as far as we can. And there might be a perfectly logical explanation for it and all that. Let it play out then. And then, if you want to chase Manny Pacquiao, do it then. <laughs> but while chasing it while you're under a cloud and not caring about British board licences, and I assume it would have to happen in the Middle East, but get around it some way. It's just disgusting, money-grabbing. Uh, I, I can't agree with it at all.
0: Oh, I'm with you, John. I can't add any more than that, but I'm with you. Have you got anything more to add, Mr. Peg, before you um, disappear into the Birmingham I, night delivering tickets?
1: Just that I agree with you guys on that situation. And I think somebody more worthy should be given that big payday. Someone who deserves to finish on a bit a, a golden nest, you know, like a golden watch kind of thing. There's yeah. pl- plenty, of, plenty of people out there who, who really deserve it. who are probably never going to earn another penny. Let one of them have that payday.
0: Fellas, it's been great listening to you. Lovely, as always, having John Peg on. Thanks for um getting into your car to speak to us tonight because you couldn't find Wi-Fi. John Evans, thanks as always. The picture looks shiny of you tonight, Mr Evans. Anyway. Yeah, and laptop broke What's 30 seconds
2: before we started, so uh, I'm on my phone and... Chinese Huawei phones better than a Apple guys? Guys. A whole
0: like that. Yeah, we can hear you, John. We can see oh you. God. You're looking well. Knock can you hear me, guys? Door. Yeah, we can hear yeah. you. Oh, the sound's gone off
1: now. i got out of my car. All right, well, Sorry. Good, John, thanks very much for joining I don't us, Mr. You can Payton. hear me, so I'll see you soon. I've got out of my car. The sound's gone off. Well see done, lads. See you in a bit.
0: And thanks, everyone who's watched, and we'll see you all next week with uh, episode 105.
2: For our boxing. Info, news and latest interviews, Amateur and Pro across and off, click and subscribe. VIP Boxing Promotions. Also Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.